0: Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software, and that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing, and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right, welcome to the Built on Air podcast. This is season nine, episode 12, the final episode of the season, which also means the final episode of 2021. Been a good year. We've had, uh, we're now at 108 episodes of this podcast. So we passed 100 episodes this season. And it's been a blast to uh, be with you. We've done the live show for a couple seasons now. And it's good to be with you. I'm Dan Fellers, one of the founders of Built On Air. And with uh, regular host, Ali. Good to see you again, Ali. We'll also have uh, regular uh, Camille joining us here shortly. And we also have a new special guest, Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. How about you guys?
0: Doing great. Glad Good. you could be with us, and we'll get to hear your story a little bit later in the episode. But we're glad you could be with us, participate in our uh, segments. And so, as always, our our podcast is a four segment podcast where we go through different um, segments of things that we're doing that are happening in the Airtable world. We always kick off with Around the Bases, where we'll go through all the different communities and see what people are talking about. Then we will do a spotlight on our primary sponsor, Onto Air. And then we will do an audience question with Ali and figure out what's going on with um, questions in the communities. Then we'll get to meet and dive deep into Rebecca, hear your story, find out a little bit more about you. And then a quick pause for um, a break to uh, first, actually, I think we will do a a quick spotlight on built on air, and then we'll end with with Rebecca showing us uh, something pretty amazing. I think you'll look for, Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you built using Siri to uh, update Airtable. So excited to see that. So let's kick off with our round the bases. See what people are talking about in um, different communities, and this this might be a first. I didn't find anything in the actual Airtable community. Definitely lots of discussions, obviously continued discussions on interfaces and lots of questions there. We highlighted that last week, so I didn't have any new ones to to highlight um, this week. So we're gonna jump to, um, but there is one that's kind of related to the Airtable community, but. I first saw it posted in the built on air community, and Hannah was the first to to bring this out. I think she saw it from the email If you got emails from airtable i I subscribe to like multiple bases because of the client work that I do, so every time Airtable sends out emails, I get like ten to fifteen of these uh announcements, so I see them quite a bit. but this was really cool um Basically, they were like highlighting something to come. So I don't think this is live yet. I do think it's in beta. Have either of you gotten the beta to see the conditional logic and automations?
1: I'm like on the the W list when it comes to these A, B things. I'm always the last person (laughs) to see anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah i i told uh jordan um i think jordan was mentioning like hey if you want to be added to the list let me know so i told her i think i'm on the list but i have not gotten access to it yet have you ali
2: i haven't yet no and there used to be a form that they had to sign up for betas but i i can't find it anymore they've disabled it or changed what they do i don't i'm not sure but i'd love some more visibility on it you know like
1: I think yeah. it was like kept very, very limited because the only thing that I saw was something that Jordan posted in the community and the like way to sign up, which she had directed the question at or the answer at one specific person. So I didn't like take it upon myself to also use that route, but she was just having him message her in the Airtable community. So um, I think it was a very, very closed beta. It's probably mainly their enterprise people testing it out if I had to imagine.
0: Yeah, possibly. But anyways, they did provide a screenshot of it in the uh, email notifications. So this might be kind of hard to see, but um, so it looks like they just kind of have like these groupings and then inside of each group, Um, It has the, the sub tasks that you can run. And so they must have some, you know, way to determine which group, which path to go down. Um, Mm -hmm. And then somebody mentioned, I think it was Ben in the community, just kind of pointing out, they thought it was funny how they moved to making, giving you more room to work with, but they're still just going straight down with the, (laughs) with the displays. So Kind of funny that they didn't take advantage of that extra space that they created.
1: Well, and I definitely think that there's a few things that need to be addressed before you get into something like a branching um, UI, being able to name things, rename your action steps. Um, You know, if I have 10 Slack messages going out kind of like this one does here, I don't... Mm -hmm really know right off the bat which one is which. A lot of my automations I have to build like a chunk for each plant. So they're just incremented by one. And so I need to be able to see which chunk is for which plant. And you really can't do that in a a way that could be conducive of a UI where you have all of these boxes everywhere.
0: Yeah. It looks like over here on the right, it looks like you can label the grouping. So there's a custom button right here. Um, so it has the default that's based off of the condition. And then it looks like there's a custom button so you could rename the grouping and then give it a description so you can at least.
1: And so maybe they're already
0: doing... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it looks like, yeah, I don't know if the actual tasks can get renamed yet.
2: Yeah, that, that would, would be great. Useful. Just like you can in Zapier, that would be awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and, for sure. So maybe they'll introduce this kind of custom button on the tasks as well.
1: That'd be great. I, I, I wish that you took this center UI with all of the steps, made each of those individual boxes expandable to have what's over here on the right, But have all of this over here on this right side so you're just making it longer like if you're going to keep it in one line keep it on the right where we're having it
2: Uh, yeah i'm
0: welcome just real quick welcome camille we're just talking about the the sneak peek on the conditional automations
2: yep hi guys hello i i really i was just about to say i really the more and more I'm working with this new layout, the more I dislike it. <laughs> like I, I, I'm and it's not even just like that you can't see the table data. It's like accessing the run history is really difficult. You can't turn something on or off without making it full screen. Like sometimes it's like a, a, the run history just disappears if you start editing it. And it's like, no, I want, I want to go back to that screen and you have to close out and go back in. And it's just, it's a mess. I mean, mm. usually I don't say that with, their new releases but i'm like no i like the old one better
0: yeah yeah i could see that although another thing i just noticed it looks like they're adding tabs over here so there's a property tab and a testing tab that's interesting that's new as well maybe they could have a history tab right there that would be helpful
2: exactly like just like they used to it was just right in the corner said run history
0: yeah
2: super
0: simple yeah i'm surprised they don't I already have that there. Yeah. Cause you have to go to back and then go into the history and find it in all of your automation. So.
1: Well, so. I think if you just click into the gray space outside of anything and you don't have anything selected, it will show you your runs over there on this side. Okay. But explain that to anybody else. right?
3: <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, it's not super obvious. So. Yeah, I could see it, it would make sense to have like a run history tab. That's just sort of always in the, in the corner. Yeah. And when they gave the expanded screen real estate, you know, uh, I was under the impression that like, I think we all reasonably guessed that we were going to have some form of conditional logic in automations, uh, cause it's, you know, a fairly typical thing to add in, but we were, I think, at least I was picturing branching logic um like a vertical integramat, if you will uh so i kind of echo rebecca's earlier point that you know keeping it vertical doesn't make a whole lot of sense i don't know if this is the final layout they go with but you know Im- improvements to be made
0: yeah the cool thing is is like in Zapier, I know Zapier limits it to how many branches you can have. I wonder if there isn't a limit on branches. And that's one of the benefits of going vertical is you could, it makes it easier to have as many as you need. And each one looks like can have its own condition. So it's not an either or. It, it could run down every branch if they match the conditions of that branch.
1: But are
0: we still limited to twenty five actions? Well yeah, good question. I, <laughs> I,
3: I think it I think we should assume that we still have that twenty five limit. In some cases it's not a problem because a lot of people had to have a bunch of steps to sort of get around the fact that there was no conditional logic. But now that they've introduced uh, conditional logic, you might want even more steps than you ordinarily would have to keep everything within one automation as opposed to several automations. So it's
0: a, you know, catch 22 of
3: the the number that we currently have. It's 25. Is that right? Yeah.
0: 25, 25 automations and what was there a limit on number of tasks yes. within an automation? Yeah. I I vaguely
3: recall it being the same number. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's 25. You know, it'd be nice if we had an, an up to limit, um, you know, automations limits are, I think the most rigid limit that is imposed on Airtable users. Um, it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of good ways to get around them without you know, scripting or syncing your bases to another base and using that basis automations and yada, yada yada. Yeah.
2: Right. Gotcha. And that relates so, to something we'll talk about more about the sync intervals too later on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, we
1: understand. also, as like the Airtable community, as soon as they put something out and say like, "Hey guys, look we built for you," we're like, ah! And we just rip them apart. So, like, maybe it's let's this... let them. Let it be out there.
3: This is why I try to be a little bit measured. Uh, you know, because nothing's ever perfect, and you have ten billion use cases that they yeah. have to make the product useful for. However, every now and again, there's a few decisions where even I'm like, hmm? <laughs> "What did you do and right, why?" Right. <laughs>
1: Clearly yeah. you have to get some test data in on some of these things. You have to get yeah. some feedback at a certain
3: point. Yeah. Because if we don't if we don't talk about it, then they're not gonna fix it.
0: So. Right, right, for sure. So, anyways, exciting guesses on when this is gonna come out. Probably before the new year, I would think. think at least you think before the end of the year? I don't know about that.
2: It seems pretty built. It's being built. Okay. I was just thinking if it was in a beta now, they've been pretty fast about going from beta to.
0: That's true. I'm skipping. Yeah. Beta completely.
2: Yeah.
0: Interfaces. I, I, it wasn't sent out to like enterprise clients beforehand. So.
1: Wow. That's really
0: interesting. Yeah. So Justin saying no sooner than January. So we'll see. All right, let's move on. Next one, let's go on to the uh, Facebook community. Let's see what's going on there. Let me close my family chat. Um, so this was interesting. There was a couple in the uh, Airtable community and Facebook. There is actually two of them that I'll show here that were both related to um, phone numbers. So I thought we'd have a phone number themed um, update on how to deal with phone numbers. And Camille, I think you were the the solvey on this one. And um, so basically trying to format phone, phone numbers, this person, Brian, actually know, shout out to Brian, um, is in South Africa. And so trying to deal with the specific phone numbers in South Africa. So Camille, you, you remember how you answered this one?
3: Well, it was the beginning of an answer, and I think they actually ended up using regex uh, or regex to sort of foolproof it. Um, I did, at first I was just like, concatenate the plus 27 at the front and then take the rightmost nine characters from the original phone, phone number, but the phone numbers were coming in with the dashes and parentheses so that nine wouldn't work. So instead, um, I was like, well, you could use some substitutes to remove the dash and the um, parentheses, or you could just use um, a regex uh, function. I didn't immediately jump to regex because I don't understand it. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. First you, yeah. Start with a simple right, then substitute would be the kind of the next phase up, right? Or mm-hmm. go all the way to regex replace.
1: <laughs> well, and so one that I use all the time is um, just the value.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the next one, yeah. Rebecca. I think yeah, you were the answer to the next one that was similar. We and could I think go there.
1: Solve that, that problem too.
0: Yeah. So walk through, what, how, so here's a similar one. Um, they want it in this form or it comes in this format, but they want it just straight up um, numbers. So walk through how that worked for you, Rebecca.
1: Sure. So it doesn't, it's not foolproof. Like it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time on every formatted number. I think it might be better if I used absolute value instead of just value. So I didn't have to deal with the dashes creating negative sometimes. Um, I don't use Airtable for math. So I I just know that that said, make this a number. So um, sometimes in like addresses and stuff, you'll, it'll throw a negative or a, weird long number or something off the wall, but just to get, you know, like a phone number and such, I've had great luck with it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that value would extract. I I thought that it would give an error if it wasn't already, you know, formatted like a number. I've only used value when I needed to do math and I knew it was like a string, but I wanted to like multiply it by something
1: do you know what i actually use it for i use it for addresses to make sure that the number of the address is the same because sometimes we might pour a whole subdivision to give a little bit of backstory work for a concrete company so we might pour a whole subdivision and they don't even have numbers when we start they're getting numbers as they're being built they're all on the same street. So as I'm deduping or even running like a script or something, it can get caught up and confused. And so a lot of times we dedupe manually because we need to see if they just transposed a number or that's really an address or whatever. So I just use value to strip out everything else. And then I match by the name and that, that value. The only Mm -hmm. thing is, is if it's, empty, it returns zero. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do any sort of substitutions or anything. To get that to go away, it airs out. So you
0: could just I do it. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah, it'll take out any number from a string, like, even if it has letters, just like Rebecca just said, mm-hmm. which is super helpful. The only way I would say that's not working is if you have like, don't some like European numbers start with zeros. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the only.
0: Like- and even. Yeah. Even U.S. zip codes start with zero some.
3: Yeah. So that's. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Um, it'll turn it into a math number. And so 027 is the same as 27. So it's, yeah. it's going to tell you
1: 27.
0: Yeah. So you don't get the trailing zeros mm-hmm. or the. In I wonder,
1: though, if you could just say, if the value in the original field, the left one of the original field is zero, add a zero. You
2: could do that. Yeah, you could definitely do that. And you could, if you don't have anything but numbers and, well, no, just kidding. I was just gonna say you could maybe compare the original length to whatever, but then that's just a mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's ways where you could do some padding. Uh, yeah, I don't think they have a, well, they have a repeat. You can maybe use the Mm -hmm. repeat somehow. Yes. That would get complicated. You need a van hall for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, uh, so going on that theme of dealing with, so ways to deal with phone numbers, that's always tricky, um, addresses. So a couple of tips on, um, uh, you could uh, interact with your, with your numbers better from from those two suggestions. So moving on, let's go to Twitter. And um, this was a cool thread um, by Karthik. And he runs a company. And he talks about how they're basically running a $3 million company. And they're only paying $60 a month for their software stack, which includes Airtable amongst other ones. And so he actually has a um, article. So if you want to learn how to, how, you know, real life businesses making millions of dollars are building their product on top of these platforms like Airtable. Here's a good, um, here's a good article where he talks about different um, platforms that he uses and how he uses the ones he does. So he also answers a lot of questions from people on how he does it so real life scenario of of a real company using Airtable as their main product so cool stuff there all right there's now a new um community and we'll start including this in our in our round the bases um our friend gareth that uh, we know well is one of the um administrators of this group. So if you're on LinkedIn, if you prefer LinkedIn as your as your social media source, um, check out the Airtable product community. And it's growing rapidly. I think they're up to 600, yeah, 682 members already. It just started two weeks ago, three weeks ago.
2: Yeah, two um, weeks Yeah,
0: yeah, two weeks. And so there's there's activity going on in there. Um, One thing that I wanted to highlight in here was from somebody I'd never seen this before, but um, Ryan talks about uh, the SSO wall of fame. So SSO stands for single sign on and uh, um, he links to this website, SSO.tax. And it's a list that, that people keep of companies that use SSO as like an enterprise only feature. And they kind of, You know, that's looked down upon, especially in the security world, because you're basically saying, you know, we'll we'll allow insecure manners if you're not paying us a lot of money and they're trying to get people to provide security to all their users, not just the enterprise ones um for security sake and so they keep a list of unfortunately Airtable starting with A is at the top of the list um but of all the software companies that that use SSO is as a tax to pay their enterprise fees uh so I thought that was interesting <laughs> on there um so yeah so that's something that you know I don't know if they'll ever change that or not um I probably I'm I'm guilty of this. It's actually making me rethink. We we don't have single sign-on, but we do have a two-factor authentication. That's only available on our higher plans, and so it's making me think for for on-to-air. I need to make that available to all users as as a security means, so that mm-hmm. I don't show up on this list. I'm obviously a small player that that won't make this list, but um, I might consider doing that to stay off of their list in the future. Yeah. I've talked
3: before that the system my company uses to sort of, as my CRM uh, is Outseta, and they allow you to do single sign-on for your customers uh, for free, I believe, or as just part of your plan. And I haven't enabled it and I could, so now I feel like i that's <laughs> the next thing I'm gonna do, I guess. Um,
0: we gotta get off the wall of shame. I know. <laughs> very good so that's kind of um all the topics so we've got so we will now add uh the linkedin group to see if there's anything worthwhile to share with you and if there's any other communities out there that we're not um touching on feel free to let us know in the comments and we'll get them added to our round the bases um hannah is now shaming us (laughs) thanks hannah All right, moving on. Let's do a quick um, spotlight on Ontair. Ontair is an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that do a variety of different things from backing up your data to making it easier to uh, interact with your data inside of Airtable. And for today's segment, I wanted to highlight our schema app and kind of give or announce a sneak peek we are we do have some updates coming to the schema app in the next uh, month so i'll announce those we're we're actually working on getting it to into the marketplace so that it'll actually be an app in the marketplace and the big differentiator this will obviously look similar if you're using the the default one that comes from Airtable. it's a similar look and feel Uh, we actually Reuse the same uh, open source UI that they were using, um, so I'll give them credit for for that um, tidbit. But the things that we added to this to make it more um, admin specific is one the ability to scroll in and out. So if you have a large one, we have zooming uh, functionality. Um, <clears throat> we also keep a history of all the changes. So you take snapshots whenever you're making changes to your structure of your database, and then you can see the changes and you can also um, look to see what actually happened. So when you're adding new fields or views, they'll show up and you can see snapshot by snapshot. You can actually go back in history and see the diagrams of the different versions of your data. So if you have a large base and you're the, the admin for your Airtable base, You definitely want to check out schema to help you manage it. Um, In the next release that's coming in a month, we'll have the ability to where you can make comments on your fields and um, see them all in one view and be able to um, interact more. We'll also be adding the ability to export your schema. So you can download your schema as a JSON or CSV file. Um, So, so some nice enhancements coming to our schema product. So check that out onto air.com and check out our schema along with our, all of our other apps. With that, um, we're now going to do an audience question. Allie, if you want to share your screen.
2: Yes. absolutely. And this one's
0: kind of fun because Allie's going to answer her own question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, with the help of Scott, of course, Scott always coming to the rescue. Um so this is something that it was actually from like you know about a month ago but um I thought it was really interesting and Airtable actually ended up updating their support docs because Scott reached out to them for me which I said I was going to do and then I didn't and then he did so thank you Scott. <laughs> um so basically just like Camille had mentioned at the beginning of or towards the beginning of this episode um Something you can do to work around the, the autom- automation limit is to sync a particular table or tables or views, et cetera, to a separate base and then run your automations out of that base. And that's exactly what I was trying to do here. Um, but I, so I set up, I have, basically I have this report that runs uh, nightly in a big giant base and I'm trying really hard to like clean up this giant base and just make it, way easier to use um, and one of those high overhead processes that was kind of bogging the system down was this report because i had a bunch of helper fields for it and i just wanted to remove those crazy rollups from that base and move them out into their own little house so to speak um, and when i went to go do that i set everything up and i just let the automation run for a few nights so that i could compare the current report to the what would become the new one in the sync b- version and I found after a couple nights that there was always one or two more records in the report, the existing report, like coming from my master source base than there were in the synced version. And so in order to like kind of do some starting of testing, I put in a created time field into the synced version. And I was noticing that they were added new records were added at exactly 8 PM, which is exactly the time that my report was running in both bases, um, and so I kind of just laid that out here because all of Airtable's documentation just said, yeah, it'll sync every five minutes, but that is not the case, or it was not the case in this situation. Um, and so with some help from Scott, we did a couple uh, little sleuthing things, and you know, we had a discussion about maybe it was had to do with the now and today functions and everything, But ultimately what i did was i set up an automation to run five minutes before my report and that fixed it so essentially what the takeaway is is synced bases do not actually sync every five minutes unless they're being accessed by a user or an api call Hmm. similar to now similar to but a little bit different um and So yeah, essentially, if if that's something that you are planning to do, like to save on automations, you might have to actually set up a second automation that runs before anything. So that way you have all the most up-to-date data. Um, And if we scroll down here, Adam from Airtable updated the support articles to show what the limitations are. I haven't actually looked at them yet, but Um, so yeah, that's it. I thought it was kind of interesting and definitely helpful if you're, that's something you're planning to do. You should definitely know that if you're trying to do a nightly thing, it's not going to update automatically with all of your data, unless you have something touch it first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really big. I don't think people realize that if they're relying on that sync data, um, to just be there and be updated all the time. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Very good to understand, um, the dynamics of that. I'm sure that's caused cause you probably don't notice it in the automation and then you go and look at the data and at that point it's updated and you're like, what happened? What the data is there. Why didn't it go mm-hmm. through the automation? Yeah. yeah, this
1: exact problem is why I only do that in basis that I use manual triggers and I sync, I right click sync now before triggering the automation it'd be nice
3: if the sync component was exposed to scripting uh so that you could force uh as a run a script action if you could just force a synced table or series or synced tables to update uh because it's as far as i know just api calls that it's making behind the scenes um if you could force that and then add that as like the first step to your automation that'd be cool
0: do you know if uh if it has to be a write update or could a read trigger it?
2: it literally yeah. all mine does is just find <laughs> records. Like it's, I, it, I don't even do anything with it. It mm-hmm. I just, it runs, it like finds a record. I have like finds one record on a summary table and that's it. And if, so it forces everything to re-sync. And then my actual report can run with the most up-to-date data. Interesting,
0: but it doesn't happen. Before that call to find records, right, it happens after. Exactly. So that so your 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 process that does the find records still has the old data, um, but it then triggers the the sync to happen.
2: Right. It's essentially just a dummy automation that doesn't do anything. It just forces it to update so that I can do something with the next automation.
0: And do you yeah. do you um, do that against the. The which base do you do that against the 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 source base or the destination base?
2: The destination. Okay. So in the synced version, I have just that random one that runs five minutes before my other one. They're both they both run at a scheduled time. So one runs at 755 and then the report runs at eight. So it's it gives a little it an alarm,
1: alarm clock.
2: What was that? It's just a little alarm clock. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I wake up. <laughs> Time to do things.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So I wonder if a call to the third party to the to the REST API would would also trigger that. I think it would.
2: I would think so. I noticed like another little helper that helped me reach this conclusion. Aside from Scott, um, was I logged in for the first time in the morning one day, and I watched everything update, and so I was like, "Oh wow!" Like nothing had gone overnight. And so I was like, oh, I guess it, someone has to be looking at it, someone or something in order for it to sync.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yeah. So if you're having weird, bizarre behavior and you're using sync data, then, then this might be the culprit <laughs> that you want to check out. Very cool. Thanks, Ali, for that. Let me bring this back. All right. Next segment, we're going to learn, we're going to find out about Rebecca. Uh, Tell me how do you say your last name? Elam. Elam. Okay. Rebecca Elam. So Rebecca, tell us a little bit about your history. We'd love to hear where you're located, who you work for, how you found Airtable, what's your experience been like working with Airtable?
1: Sure. So I, My name is Rebecca Elam. I am from San Marcos, Texas. It's right outside of Boston. Um, Born and raised here. I work for a company based out of New Braunfels called Ingram Ready Mix. We have 40 plants across South Texas. Um, If you're from around here, you'll recognize the big black and yellow trucks. And uh, basically what I do for them is provide resources i would say so the resources that nobody's giving anybody resources for so things like a company directory um things like audits for billing um kind of uh being able to generate documents to mail out emails for you know we do have sort of a mail merge system for our invoicing but we can't really do anything else with it, because we can't control what goes on in the document. So um, just having Airtable, really what we're trying to do is replace people, you know, we can't get anybody into the office to work, you can't fill positions. So it has to come from somewhere. <laughs> um, how I found Airtable is actually a totally different story. So I have been along the Airtable ride since, uh, 2016. And I actually, uh, came across it for Pokemon organization. (laughs) So the, um, Pokemon fans, well, maybe Pokemon fans, it depends on how you feel about the game, but we'll remember 2016 is the year of Pokemon go and, um, at that time, they hadn't figured out that people could spoof their location and play from their couches. Um, they have since figured it out, so I'm not as into the game anymore, but <laughs> I had quite the collection. But if you really get into it, there's actually a lot of strategy that goes into it and who you use against who and all of that stuff. And um, then there's different versions of those things and those different versions of the same thing, you know, do other things. and. Um, I unfortunately don't have those, that account anymore to be able to show off my awesome Pokemon databases. But, um, if there was a way to get that back, I would be very interested. So Airtable hit me up. I can (laughs) give you the, the address, but, um, yeah, I went so away from so you built
0: the bases or, some, or somebody introduced you to Airtable that had built them originally?
1: No, I actually started in Google Sheets. And then Airtable was like, hey, man, come over here. Tail is old as time. Yeah. And so that was like before automations, before synced tables, even like apps were still blocks. And I think like we had like a few, the original ones. Yeah. Um, so I went away for a while. I didn't really have a use for it. And then I came into about 5,000 baseball cards from a Goodwill in Aurora, Colorado. And I needed some way to go through them. And I was like, well, Excel's not going to do this. <laughs> And so that was in, I would say 2018. So I took a little bit of a break there and then I started this job and yeah, it all starts with Pokemon go. It it does. But, um, when I got here, we were very much big chief tablet, number two pencil. Like everything gets printed out and put in a box and like put in a storage shed on the back of the property. Like, it's not very modernized Um, a lot of the same people have been working there for decades so things are still being done the same way they were done decades ago and a lot of it is just that people don't know that there's a better way and so things like having to create emails for managers and they're sitting there filtering down an Excel spreadsheet, copy pasting it over into an Outlook email and sending them one by one. And I'm just like, it pains me. I'm like, no, just, just let me, just let me do it. Just tell me what needs to go in the email, just send it to me, the one you already made. I got you. And um, And I'm still learning even, I've been doing this now since, uh, May of 2020. And so for all the people asking, can you learn it on your own? 100%, you're looking at the people that are going to teach you, um, same thing along with, you know, shameless plug for off the record on Wednesday, we out now have a Tuesday. Well, I guess you guys are going on vacation for a little bit, we've got a Tuesday show, a Wednesday show and table talk on Thursday. And that is, if there's anybody else I don't know about, feel free to to throw them in there too. But there's plenty of people to, to help you out. And people like Ben Gareth have just put together, they've given you the answers. You just have to go get them.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. i think it's cool to see Airtable going into kind of old school businesses and ali also is in that world as well seeing it evolve and it's really kind of been a game changer for these smaller businesses that haven't really adopted technology yet yep
3: some of my favorite episodes from like the original format of built on air were was interviewing people who just sort of worked somewhere and worked around (laughs) at their system and went we, we could be do better than <laughs> yes.
1: well i literally couldn't do my job the way that it was handed to me to do my brain doesn't work that way mm-hmm. like i um have diagnosed adhd and autism so like my brain works in relationships not in a stack of paper this big handed to me told to keep it in order and Uh, You know, I've talked a lot before about people just calling me saying, I need this information right now for this vehicle. I can't do that from a binder. I can't. (laughs) So it really, not only on the accessibility side, because even with just on the, the kind of neurodivergent side of things, there's whole communities of people who use Airtable just to live their life and take their meds every day and you know make sure that they go to their appointments and all of those sorts of things or even just brush their teeth every day like you would be surprised at some of the struggles that people go through that just having a little email that goes off in the morning to remind you to do something and only a five minute setup to make that happen it's a big deal for a lot of people
0: yeah very cool Great. Well, glad you could uh, be with us. And if you want to start sharing your screen, I'm going to do a quick plug before while you're getting ready. Let me share my screen first um, for the Built on Air community. So this is obviously this podcast is part of the community. We also have our website at builtonair.com. You can sign up for our newsletter and you can also join our slack community so we are approaching 900 members in our slack community the goal was to get to a thousand by the end of the year so we need a hundred more people to join for us to reach our goal so tell your friends tell everybody to join our community get to meet amazing people like the four of us are in that community and many others Um, help each other out talk about what's going on you can be a little bit more uh, loose with your feedback regarding Airtable, and we're all fans, so we're we're all trying to just make the product better and help each other out. So check out builtonair.com/slash/join to join our Built on Air community. And once you get your screen, Rebecca, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Give it to you. So this segment will be an automate create and Rebecca is going to walk through some cool stuff that she's put together. There you go. Go for it.
1: Okay. Can you see everything first of all? Cause my monitors yep. are really big. Okay. Yep. So uh, first of all, if you don't already have Siri shortcuts installed on your phone, you do have to go into the app store and install it. I think it's already on your Mac. If you've updated to, the uh, Mac OS 12. Uh, I think that's the number that we're on. Anyway, basically what I have done is made it to where the guys in the field at the plants can just say, and I'll try to do it quietly because they're all going to go off at one time, but they can just say, Hey, I need to order a registration or, Hey, I need to order replacement plates. That's a lot of the stuff I do is keep up with the paperwork for the trucks that are on the road. And obviously it's a very expensive mistake if that paperwork is not kept up by both me and the driver and the managers. There's most frustrating part of my job is that for me to get my job done from point A to point B, there's like five people in between. Mm-hmm. And so this just makes it to where those people can communicate back with me and um, go through one of these, oops, I will preface this by saying, this is like my one cool air table trick. So <laughs> That's I don't actually know what I'm doing. I don't really know anything about APIs. Um, I, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I built these and they work. So <laughs> I actually built these thanks to Aaron and his uh, Siri episode of Tabletop. No, oh, no, no,
3: of his, act- his automate all things. Yes, automated. automate all the
1: things. It was actually from a while back and I was really surprised I hadn't seen it already, but uh, I watched it a few times. Sometimes it takes me a few times. I will say about Aaron, if you don't get his videos yet, just um, learn some more first from some other people and then come back. <laughs> and then you'll get them and they'll help you and, and he will be like, you're saving grace. But in the beginning, sometimes I, I had to, to get a few opinions.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: So this looks super scary, but this particular one does a lot of things. <laughs> so... What this does, and I'll run it in just a second so that you guys can see it. Basically, what it's doing is. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a few tricks, but this is like the coolest trick. Okay. (laughs) so Siri, I'm saying, hey, I need a registration. Siri says. For what truck? I say the truck. And then he says, did you say. X truck so that if it transposes your numbers or whatever, you can change it. There's an if statement or rather it's not technically an if statement. You can put if statements in here, but I promise I will go back over this and (laughs) re-explain because I'm doing a really bad job. But You're doing fine. (laughs) Um, If you choose yes, it goes through. It gets the url for that particular place in the api and then it asks for the information from that url this all looks super scary but i promise it's not and then if you say no oh and then it just creates the call and, and sends the record back to airtable and this is what you get so once it gets here an automation links it back to the truck that it goes to and a whole different system puts it in line to be ordered with my next set of registrations. So if you say no, it says, sorry about that, for what truck? And it starts the whole thing over again, basically. Um, What this allows us to do is make it to where not all of my managers have to have Airtable licenses to do one thing. Um, once you build this, you just share it. The one kind of caveat is that they do have to have a specific setting enabled in their phones to allow shortcuts from other places, but it hasn't really seemed to be an issue so far. They they've been able to get there. Um, So basically, I'm going to build a little bit different shortcut that's a little easier for time's sake. But that's what we use Siri for so far. And I hope to add out a lot more Siri functionality. But right now, we'll just do a brain dump. So basically, the idea behind this is that You will be able to say, hey, Siri, I need to brain dump. And then she will just listen to what you say, and it can be dictated into here. So this could be great as a scratch pad. Um, Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody. (laughs) So it's a great way to store some of that stuff. So. You can also build these straight from your phone, which was the major kind of uh, selling point for me, is that I I can work from wherever, (laughs) never stop working. So first, if you don't know how to get to your API documentation, oops. Can you see that now? Yeah. Yeah. Be careful about your API key. Oh, that's a good point. So you can access the API here by clicking API. Let me just, I think it's hidden by default, but. It is.
3: So we we can't see that window now on your screen if you want to. Yeah, I moved
1: it. Hold on just a second.
0: You can also, it's right there, the link in that additional resources. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it is hidden. Okay. So this is API documentation. Again, it looks super scary, but once you actually start reading it, it makes a little bit more sense. So this particular base only has one table in it with a few fields. It's going to be very simple. I might actually have to put some stuff in here to get it to give me information, but
3: this Hannah says, Love how you set it up for your truckers so they could easily send an email to you.
1: Oh, yeah, or it, info to you. It's uh, it's super helpful. In, The thing is, is the easier that I can make it on them, the easier they make it on me. So it turns into a mutually beneficial situation. So first of all, whenever you're using an API call, you're generally building onto a URL, from what I understand. Again, I I don't know what I'm talking about. So please feel free to expand on anything that I'm saying, but in this particular case, we need this URL right here. And so it's gonna seem like I'm kind of working backwards, but this is the way that it best helps me kind of, uh, because basically I'm putting the key in the door first, even though you don't actually need that key until later on. It'll it'll make sense. (laughs) So first of all, we just need to store the URL. Simple. Next, we have to get the stuff out of that URL. Right now, there's only one variable or one, um, one step. So it's automatically assuming it because it's the one above it. Sometimes <clears throat> when you get to using a bunch of these, you wanna put those into a variable, which you just do by using set variable. It's It's, little, <laughs> I don't know scripting, but from what I understand, it's a lot the same as scripting. So, in here, this is where we actually want to tell it what we want to do. I don't know how to do anything except post. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you probably want to do a, um, is this to, for a read? No, this is for an update. She's,
3: she's writing to the table. So, yeah. And creating a new record. So that would be post. Okay. Um, each of those different methods, you know, one would be for updating. One would be just to get information, get um, or reading information, post is what we're doing, creating a new thing, put and patch, forget the difference between them and delete says what it does.
1: So from what I understand, put is destructive and patch like ads.
0: so put basically means it will overwrite every field so if you're not adding a field then it's going to clear out those fields so i almost always do a patch so if you're debating which one go with the patch because a patch will only update the fields that you send to it excellent
3: and those are uh universal terms for you know dealing with API kind of requests. So it's, it's not just a Siri uh, shortcuts thing.
1: Yep. So then we're basically creating kind of a, a dictionary almost. Um, first, we have to do our authorization. I'm going to have to cheat and look at one of the others to remember how to do this. I probably will, should have
3: prepared a little bit your more. Will your authorization sh- uh, showcase your API key?
1: Um, I will probably hide that part, but there are some steps that. Yeah, it does. Let me move that one over here.
0: So yeah, you basically add a header with the name authorization and it's, a um, it's a bearer token, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you just type the word authorization.
0: Yeah, the capital A, yeah.
1: And then you can see here, it says bear. And then if I turn on show API key, it will say your API key. You can just copy and paste that into the value next to it.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty standard. I don't know what bearer means. I don't know why that became standard, but that's pretty standard API usage. Mm-hmm.
3: So essentially, we have a unique URL for every base. Every base has its own ID, and providing an authorization is basically proving to Airtable we have access. We should have access to the base because you know we're a creator of this base or we're a collaborator, which is why. It really depends on which API key you use because uh, that's how it determines whether or not you have the right to um, edit or make any sort of updates to a particular base.
0: And currently uh, your API is tied to a user. So any like updates you do with that API key will look as if that user performed it. So updates
3: in Airtable usually seem like they come from you if that makes sense if you yourself type in a field um or if your api key is being used for making edits via an app or via you know series shortcuts like rebecca is doing um, the exceptions to the rule would be if you're completing an air table form or if you um are doing something via automations
1: That's very interesting, I did not know that.
3: It's considered
1: anonymous. So next we're gonna build the body. Basically what you're building is like a little JSON blurb. And this is just hiding the writing of that JSON object. So we need to tell it what fields we want. And so if you have more than one, uh, it's kind of good practice in my experience to use a dictionary, even if you only have one item, but then within, (laughs) it just went away. Sorry, that was weird. So I totally lost my place. I'm so sorry guys. You were adding the
3: fields that you wanna edit. Right. Um,
0: Right now, she's entering her API key off screen, yeah.
3: (laughs) Is it that
1: plus button? Yeah, I think it is actually. that's not intuitive. I did these on my phone when I built them the first time. The UI is a little bit different so now i'm just adding um i got like lost and brazzled now i need to add the fields from my base so right now i actually only need really the idea field and it's going to be text because we'll we'll have it dictate the text so now I need to add the step that goes into that little value right there. So I just – I want it to be verbal. Like I want Siri to actually speak it. So I'm going to use the scripting action for ask for input. So it will say, hey, Siri, brain dump. It's just going
0: Uh, up to connect to it.
1: And then I can say like, what do you have to say? And then use that provided input as the value here
0: no wonder does it work like zapier where it puts like a placeholder in there
1: I don't know why when I double click on it, it goes away. That seems like a bug. <laughs> Let's
0: see if it saved your work.
1: Yeah, it does, fortunately. Oh, right-click, insert variable. Oh, select variable makes it to where I can just choose the one that I know is correct. Again, naming all of your stuff is a really good idea. So now I should be able to say, hey, Siri, brain dump.
0: Allow brain dump to connect to Appietable.com. You
1: have to allow it access to your API the first time that you use it. Hey Siri, brain dump. Done. Oh, no. Of course the demo never works.
3: (laughs) There's no save button, it just sort of live refreshes. I don't think there is. I've never used it.
2: Do you guys see the video of Aaron, uh doing the live demo with the scanner? Yes. <laughs> this is what I feel like right
1: now. <laughs> oh, so, okay. It did. So there's something wrong with my input.
3: Yeah, that, it's not prompting you. It's just immediately sending the thing through the API. So.
1: Hey, Siri, huh? brain dump. That's done. <laughs> so this actually happens a lot.
3: If you run it directly from here, will it work?
1: Oh, but from my Mac, it prompts me to just type. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if I do it like this. (laughs) Brain dump.
0: Shortcut says, what do you have to say?
1: It's never said that before. (laughs) This is the worst demo ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that was working, right?
1: Yeah, so it does work. Let's get something through to the API.
2: Allow brain dump to connect to AppyAirtable.com.
0: Appy (laughs) Airtable. Did it work? Oh yeah, did you just allow it? I had
3: to Yay. allow it
1: from my computer and my Mac. APA, the American Planning Association. <laughs> I will say that Siri does not like my voice. Neither does Alexa. I have to like scream at them to get them to do anything. So, um, let's try that one more time and see if it still does the shortcuts thing. Brain dump.
2: What do you have to say?
1: Anything. Okay. Is my mic really that bad? <laughs> well,
3: this isn't the problem now with what you've built. It's now the fact that Siri doesn't understand
1: her voice,
3: apparently, but what it you works demonstrated- for everyone
1: else, except for Rebecca
3: what you've demonstrated was how simple that was in actuality um, and your previous example showed that you could give the option of if you if it mishears you you can say it again and right. it would you know go through so
1: yeah I guess I'm mostly dealing with numbers and those are intentionally hard to to transpose but
0: very cool this is cool stuff. I think you could build um, some awesome applications. There's, there's also another product out there. There's a group doing like um, taking voice commands from Airtable um, and, and then basically using Airtable as like a brain to, to do voice activated stuff. Uh, so there's some cool stuff out there with voice and Airtable. This is a cool showcase of what you can build in Siri and and how to interact easily with the API and no programming required. So awesome stuff. Thank you, Rebecca. That is, let me go back here. And that is the end of the season and the end of the year. So we're so glad you guys could join us. Uh, We'll be taking the month of December off and then we'll be back again in January with more new episodes on our live show. So we hope that you can join us and you have a great rest of the year and glad you could be with us and good luck with all your building in Airtable. Take care, everyone. for joining today's episode we hope you enjoyed it be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the built on air podcast